fully awake. We had a retreat two weeks ago, and one student who went on the retreat, kind of leading up to the retreat, had been around the Newman Center a little bit, but had kind of kept more to themselves. But as the retreat kind of unfolded, the same person who was kind of reserved became more and more alive. When there was a chance to speak on the microphone, he grabbed the microphone. Uh, when it was a chance to cheer on other people and encourage them, he did that. And it seemed like over the weekend that he was becoming more and more alive. As we draw closer to the Lord of life, who is existence itself, you and I become more alive. This detail stands out for me today in this, the transfiguration that Peter, John, and James are taken by the Lord, led by the Lord up the mountain to pray. And, and this interesting detail that, you know, that as they, it says, Peter and his companions had been overcome by sleep. But becoming fully awake, they saw Jesus' glory and the two men standing with him. That see, to see God, to see what he's doing, to see who he is, is to, is to become awake, is to become alive. What do we contrast this with? You ever, uh, you ever fall asleep in prayer? <laughs> you ever fall asleep at church? <laughs> um, it's funny how... I, you know, I can't read souls that I think, you know, but uh, like I sometimes at church you look around and and it can feel like people are almost kind of comatose, you know, like maybe it's just my opinion. But, you know, maybe, maybe I'll say something that I think is pretty funny, you know, and people are just like, what, you know, like, or like everybody's singing, you know, it's the Gloria and everybody's singing. And here's somebody who's just like, what, you know, like. And it's almost as if we're kind of dead. What's going on there? Sometimes, I guess, I don't know, you know, but like, I think sometimes if that's happening, I think we're being drawn somewhere. Like our attention, our attention is being drawn somewhere else with something that's bothering us, with something that's preoccupying us. And what what that's doing is it's keeping us from being present from being alive, right? I mean, think about your own family, like, I don't know. Is there a family member sometimes that just seem, they're just in their own world, and they're not present to the rest of the family? That something's burdening them, something's heavy, that, that there's, there's like a, I don't know if they would word it this way, but it's almost like there's this darkness, this cloud. But something happens when the, when the Lord Again, who is existence itself, the Lord, the Lord of life, comes alive in our lives, that we come alive. You know? People have said to me, like, I can be kind of serious at times, but they're like, you're always like smiling. You know? And I was like, I don't feel like I'm always smiling, you know? Um, they're like, you just have this life and this joy. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, it's, 
If it's there, it's the Lord, right? And I think it also comes from living in this dignity that the Father speaks of the Son. This is my chosen Son. Listen to Him. That when I know that I am chosen by the Father, not in a general way, like, oh, we know God loves all His children. No, no, no. God, God, God chose me. That God, God said for you, the world is a better place with you in it. That, that I have a plan for you. I, I love you. Well, I know you love everybody. No, no, no. I love you. And when I when I recognize that dignity that that I am I am loved, and it doesn't matter what grade I got on that test, or it doesn't matter that the person I like doesn't like me back. I mean that 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 stinks. But I know that I'm loved and I'm chosen by God. And there's something about that that just gives me freedom and energy, you know? When I know I'm loved, I'm, I'm free. One of the activities we have on the retreat we had, it's interesting, uh, we just changed it a couple of years ago. So this is kind of a spoiler for those who go. Um, but there's a, there's a part where like the men kind of help um, serve the ladies and and we did this so they're kind of serving the tables and doing these things or whatever and and then the uh, there's music playing and then the women they like they got up and they just started like dancing with each other and dancing to the music um, and I was like well that was interesting you know um, <laughs> and then the next retreat it happened again and I was like what's going on there and my reflection is that, that we dance when we feel safe and free. And we, you could even say we, you know, or ladies, like, ladies, they, they twirl when they know they're being gazed upon by someone who loves them. And when, when you and I, when we know that we're safe and free and loved, it actually unleashes this capacity to just live. And so what do we do? How do we, how do we live in that space? Well, Jesus draws the disciples into that relationship with the Father. That, that it's going to be by, by draw, being drawn into our relationship with God the Father where I'm going to recognize my dignity as a beloved son or daughter, and that that's where I can really live. That's where I can come alive. And anything in me that, is, that feels dead or is suffering or feels like darkness, that the invitation is to, is to bring that to the Lord, to not be afraid of it, to actually embrace it head on, and allow the Lord to transform it. Because this moment, the transfiguration happens because it's about to get really hard for the disciples. And the Father allows this to happen. He reveals the glory of his Son. You know, and because he's going to walk the hill to Calvary, which is going to bring about his glory, the resurrection, but it's going to get harder before it gets better. And so God gives them this glimpse to say, it's, it's worth it. It's okay to face the darkness. It's okay to take up your cross because it's going to be worth it. And that precisely by taking up our cross, 
and bringing it to the Lord, that's going to bring about our sanctification, our glory. There's a, I may have shared this before, there's a, I was talking to a graduate about a month ago, and she's since she's gotten married, and it hasn't been an easy road. She said, Father, we have now had, in two years, we've had three miscarriages. And she said, and my parents are finalizing their divorce. And there's no reason why I should be this happy. Because in that difficulty, in feeling the weight of the cross, she's like, I have no choice. I have nowhere else to go but to the Lord. And recognizing him walking with her, him giving her strength, that it's actually transformed this woman's life. It's, it's brought her and her husband, instead of separating them in grief, it's brought them together in trust. And so Lent is not meant to be easy. It's, it's a conscious choosing to take up the cross, to al allow it to transform us into that, that beautiful creation that God wants for us. I uh, remember there's a student who two years ago came into full communion at the Easter Vigil, and we asked him afterwards, like, what's, what's this been like? Like, what's God doing? And he had this interesting response, um, but it makes sense in light of our gospel today. He said, you know, I just, as I walked through campus Monday morning after receiving my sacraments, the grass just seemed greener. And the sky just seemed bluer. I just felt more alive. That's what God desires for us. That's his plan for us to share in his light and in his glory. That we might move from that place of, of death and heaviness and sleepiness to, to move and to be fully alive, fully awake.